Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I am here. I'm Renee Brown Small, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Chris Folan. Say hi to the people, Chris. Hi, everyone. Miss you guys. And I'm also here with our amazing guest for today, Charlie Germano. Say hi to everyone, Charlie. Hello to everyone. <laughs> so we are here. First of all, it's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, yeah. Renee. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's why I'm in t-shirts and doing what I feel like. Going rogue. Um, secondly, Charlie has such an amazing background. He's been in IT since the 90s. Do, 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 do. I was in, I was, I was a 90s. Uh, I came out, I well, I guess came out is the wrong word, <laughs> but, but I've been around since the 90s as well, even though you might not think I am. Um, and so I am excited to hear, both of us are excited to hear about Charlie and his background and coming from IT when nobody quite knew what cybersecurity was when it was the baby. And he is going to walk us through how he broke into the industry and how, you know, Charlie, just tell us how you got from IT to where you are today as a director in um, of cybersecurity. Um, yeah. So thanks, Ray. So, uh, so yeah, like you said, my first, my first job in programming, I was 21 years old. Uh, I still remember the day, February 5th, 1990. Um, uh, it was a, a company in Denver, Colorado. It was a subsidiary of United Airlines. And so we got to fl fly around a lot, but, um, but there were mainframes and that's what there, that's what there were in the world. Um, it's, it's hard to believe, but you know, people would ask me what I do for a living. Um, and I was a 21 year old, more than a little awkward, you know. I was I was the kid in Ready Player One, right? I played Dungeons and Dragons. I did like the whole thing, um, uh, and I would say I'm a computer programmer. And 100 times out of 100, the next question was, "What's that?" And <laughs> I would always stumble into some incredibly awkward try to explanation. Well, there's ones and zeros, and if the data looks like this, then you do that, and the, I would get blank stares. Um, and so after a while, I just started saying, I'm, "You know what? I'm an accountant," because nobody. <laughs> <laughs> never asked what does an accountant do. I never had to explain anything. It was awesome. Like you just moved on. Um, so um, yeah. So so the '90s were you know um, you know there were, it, it was it was a pretty it was an interesting time in technology because most of the people that you worked with came from business. Um, they did not have computer science backgrounds. They came from you know the people that when I worked with airlines, they came from they were gate agents. They were ticket agents. They were reservation agents, and mm -hmm. they knew. The business process and typically they were kind of you know the smart ones on the team and people would say hey we've got these big computers in the back will you help fix them and be like uh, I, I guess sure um so most people until about the late 90s kind of came into it by accident um the late 90s you know it became respectable right we had the dot-com boom i did a lot of web development um you know time went on the dot dot coms crashed they came back right um <laughs> and during that time you know i had a lot of different roles in a lot of different industries i was a dpa i was a program manager as a manager i was uh, did a whole bunch of built satellites a whole bunch of different things um and um and, and i guess you know maybe five years ago or so um kind of got interested in the security space because it 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 felt like and i was a lead architect at a big company um Development was kind of being becoming a commodity. Um, it's it's strange to say, but um, you can build a perfectly functional application today, knowing very little about code, right? Just, just downloading off the you know open source components, or you know, uh, or, or it, it kind of plugging them in. Um, but the security aspect, nobody was really 
thinking about. So I actually went back to school. I got a minor in cybersecurity. And it really wasn't until the Equifax breach that uh, kind of opened my eyes to to the, I'm going to use the word crisis, and I'm not even being flipped, um, that security was, right? Because, you know, Equifax happened, and we, the big societal we, not we in IT, we, we found the typical boogeyman, right? Oh, Equifax, big company, bad, right? Uh, oh, open source component, bad, right? Oh, sysadmin didn't patch the thing, bad, right? Um, and fine, fine, fine. But a couple of days later, Apache had a uh, they, they issued a press press release that not many people read but it was brilliant really so um and if you're listening apache good right open source good don't be afraid of open source it's, it's all good stuff um and what they said was you know yes there was a there was a vulnerability yes it wasn't patched but uh, and you kind of had to read between the lines why would you ever allow this component unfettered access to your back-end resources you, you implement you implement security in layers and and I read that I was like, well, of course you do. And then I was like, well, does not everybody know that? And so I just kind of started kicking around a little bit, and um, I looked at computer science programs at schools you've all heard of, right? And I'm, I'm not going to throw any under the bus, but I invite you look at any technical school, liberal arts school, at any, and look at the, the requirements for a computer science degree, and tell me how many security classes are required. And I will bet you every nickel in my pocket that the answer you'll find is zero. Mm -hmm. So we have all of these brilliant developers going through computer science school, learning all these, these this, the amazing potential that, that that technology has and not really learning how to secure them. Um, and if that doesn't scare you, then I, I don't, I don't really have a follow up to that. So, um, so really within a couple of months, I started kind of peeking around at different roles. Um, the, the truth was, I kind of stumbled into cyber as a, as a job. Um, I I kind of was at a point in my life where um, I wanted to do something good for the world with with whatever skills I had. Um, so I was applying for nonprofits like where I am now and Save the Children. Um, and uh, I actually applied for a different role. And uh, my resume, you know, I got a call back. And I was having a conversation with the CIO, and he said, "You know, I see you've applied for this role for you know technology for development, which is all great, but have you thought about this cyber role?" And I was like, "Actually, let's talk about it." So, so kind of here <laughs> I am. Um, um, whoops, that was a, that was a long thirty-year uh, kind of journey through a, a lot of technical background, um, you know, and and it the opportunity kind of presented itself, but. For anybody listening that's trying to break in, you know, be prepared when that opportunity comes. Um, so, so that's that's how I got here. Wow, that, that's that's a long, varied background. But I'll ask the one question that was on top of my mind. For those that have that long, varied background, how do you think that prepared you? Um, for your security role? Did you always have security in mind? Or now that you look back at it, you start seeing all the things that you might have been doing wrong in the past that could have had security built in way back then? Yeah, great question. So um, yeah, depending on where you, what environment you come from, you know, I've worked at companies with 130,000 people and I've worked with at companies where 13 people. So um, security... Oh no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Um, no, but, I think we lost uh, um, Charlie. Oh no, I'm 
can oh, I can hear him. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, so a couple of roles that I've had as an architect, um, we've done things like, you know, stood up, you know, service oriented uh, infrastructure, right? And when you do that, security plays a, a prominent role. Um, so I, I got exposed to security on, on, on that level um, probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, doing that for a large hotel company you've heard of. Um, so security as part of the development process has been, you know, part of my world for, well, since about 2006, to be honest with you. Um, but as far as actually in the operation space, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new to it. Yeah. Um, additionally, I was thinking as you were walking through your background that there's so many mid-career changes right now most of the outreach that I think Chris and I both get are for pe from people that are just like you. They were, you know, they've had long careers. They've they've had different backgrounds um, in IT, and all of those things prepare you for. So someone like you coming in is different, brings a, definitely a different perspective because you've had all of that IT experience in the past. So I guess my question to you is, what would you share with the mid-career first folks, some of them struggle, are really struggling. You know, they did like you, they went back to school, they went and got their degrees and struggling to break in. Um, you know, what would you tell them to, like you said, be prepared, but what does that mean? Be prepared yeah. when it comes, right? When opportunity arises. Right, right. I mean, I mean part, part of it is building your network, right? I mean, you, you got to do the thing, whether that's, you know, if you if you have the ability to show up at, at conferences, you know, and not all, of them, not all of them cost money, right? I mean, B-Sides does great stuff, right? It's 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 very cheap. You can, they're, they're all over the country, um, so you don't have to travel. Um, but I, I think one of the most interesting pieces of advice I, I've seen on this, um, uh, Chad Loader, who's, uh, he was a founder of Rapid7. He's now founder of a company called Habituate. He's doing really cool stuff with, um, you know, with cyber training. Uh, and he's got a really fun Twitter feed. So if you're on Twitter, follow Chad. Um, but, but he tweeted just the other day. He said, he said you know, if, if you want to break into cyber, try a year at the help desk. You know, spend a year at the IT help desk because you will really, really know what your user struggles are. And that is a tremendous value. I mean, understanding how people use the tools you give them it, it gives you a huge leg up on on anyone else that, that's going to come in and apply for that role um you know and i'm going to go back to what i was saying a couple minutes ago about how in the old days i'm going to hear i'm doing my old guy thing right but uh when when developers typically or, or everyone in technology typically came from the business side and understood the problems they were trying to solve um being at the help desk, no better way to know what problems you're trying to solve than sitting at the help desk for for a year and listening to users. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, as someone who manages the help desk, you will see people at their absolute worst because by the time they get to you, they're already frustrated. Things are broken. They they just they just want it to work. And you will you will learn trial by fire at the help desk <laughs> better than anything else I can tell you. So um, yep. um, yeah, highly recommend. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'd say been there, done that. Um, that's oh, how yeah. I came up. Um, question for you. So you mentioned that you're a programmer. You have a lot of that in your background. Do you think now that you have the security hat on, you can better speak to individuals in that area because you knew what it was to be there 
as well as now how they can start to think um, about coding securely or implementing uh, security technologies to validate their code in, in the CI/CD pipeline, things like that? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Todd, for, for, for too long, we've, we as a development community, and I, and I say this with love to my fellow developers, you guys don't, don't, don't take it personally, right? Uh, but, you know, security was somebody else's job, right? I mean, just, you know, user ID, password, fine, you know, don't, don't bother me. I got, I got, I got, I got a deadline that sales has already committed me to, um, right? And, uh, you, you know, now that is starting to shift mainly because, you know, you saw, you know, British Airways a couple of days ago got hit with what 180 million pound fine. That's mm -hmm. gonna that's gonna wake some people up, right? I mean, that's a lot of money. Marriott is fighting fighting their fine right now, but it's a lot of money. So, um, uh, you, you know, unfortunately, it's come to that where um, to to kind of bring that awareness to the front. But but for any of us who look at a Splunk log on any kind of regular basis. Uh, you see the attacks. You see where they're coming from. You, you know, I, I don't think anybody would uh, would would tell you that the things you you read about, as far as nation state actors or or just general scoundrels, is it's, it's fiction. I mean, these things are happening. So, um, um, yeah, I, I think the visibility has finally gotten to where it needs to be, and it's and it's certainly visible to the board. Um, the, I, I feel like five years ago, people on you know the. Your board of directors may not have gotten this. Today, they get this. Um, they, they get it. What would you say? You went back to school, and you got you, you got a minor. You did a minor in cyber. What yep. was the major? Uh, organizational leadership. Okay. Oh, cool. What would you recommend when you look at people to hire um, in the cybersecurity space? And the folks that are a lot of folks, they get the certifications. They go back. They ask what degree should they get. What search should they get? What do you think is a good combination of um, certifications and or degrees or not, or, you know, just going on cyberary or whatever and learning the skill? What would you recommend? I, I, I like to see results, right? Um, the, the degrees are great. The certs are great. I'm not taking anything away from them. But if you can show me, I, you know, that you learned a technology and you can articulate why you learned it and what benefit um, your organization gained from it and how you used it, um, that speaks more to me than, than you know, CISSP does. Um, yeah, yeah. A any recommendations <laughs> for, for, for those individuals that are looking to do that mid-career shift or, um, looking to now update their resume to show those results like wh what would you look for in a resume to, to see that you know for, especially for someone who hasn't because we all need that first break right it's the it's the first break um build an open do something in open source right um uh you know buy your name.com right like just just go you know to namecheap and and reserve your domain and 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 set something up yourself and, and explain how it works, right? And and you can do this without a lot of money. This does not take a lot of money, but it but it does take time and it does take effort. Um, and that I think is is what I look for. Somebody who doesn't come into technology just for a job, because it it is now, right? This is be, before it be, 
technology became an industry unto itself, um, the people that were in it were in it because they loved it, right? So do do you love it enough to to wake up on a Saturday morning and say, oh my God, I got a great idea. This is going to be so cool and go and build something. Um, this is not an industry for someone who wants a nine to five job. It's not an industry who, for someone who wants to learn something and say, got it, I'm done. Now I have a job for the rest of my life. Um, if you don't learn something new in technology every single day, if you can't spend an hour every single day, I'm, I say this with love, don't work in a bank. Um, this is not the field for you. This is not it. This is not. Um, Hopefully not banking security. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Bitcoin's going to solve it all, right? <laughs> Such valid point. I mean, Chris and I hear this all the time and we preach it, but we like to hear the hiring managers, the folks that are doing the hiring tell folks, I say all the time, experience trumps everything. We know that in some agencies, like, you know, we're all in the DC metro area. So yes, you have to have a certification to get in a lot of these agency roles. Yeah. But a lot of the ones that are, um, and even with, even with that cert, if it's your resume against resume B, the second person's resume or the second person's interview, and you have the certification and you've done exactly what Charlie, you just said, versus the person with the certification that hasn't done that, you know, person A is going to win every single time. Yeah. And I think what tends to happen is I've heard this before, that the hiring managers are even more impressed with people who are self-driven, who really, truly have the passion, who they know. It's not like you said, it's not a nine to five job. Oh, I went to school like this new industry is cool. So, and, you know, I, I saw on a billboard or whatever that I can make a lot of money. So yeah, I'm gonna go in and get my $100,000 job and what have you, you know, it's the people who are doing this day in and day out that, you know, would do it if they weren't getting paid to do it. Yeah. And that's when you see that passion, you see like, hey, this is what I'm doing in my free time. And that is what tips the scale when moving into a new role or, you know, potentially getting a new opportunity. Yeah, and you, you know, I, that's that's perfect. I mean, the, we, for those of you who live in DC, you know, there are a lot of nonprofits in Washington DC, right? Um, and there are a lot of nonprofits everywhere, but but I live in DC, so um, and they would love help. If you have any experience and interest in in um, in helping someone and just to expand your resume and say, oh look, I built this for something, um, I guarantee there are eight thousand nonprofits located in this town alone. Um, if you'd say to any of them, hey, do you need IT help? All of them will say yes, <laughs> right? And and um, you'll get the exposure and the and the experience. Say, look, I built this website, right? And look, and now it's you know it it advertises you know um, uh, for full moon walks or whatever. That's one of the ones I do, right? Um, <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Um, uh, so there there's there's lots of opportunities to do this, you know, on your own time. And more than just in your own backyard, you can you can actually uh, get out in your community and and and, uh, and build your network at the same time. Also, yeah. very important. Yeah. I think one of our guests that we had on here talked about she was part of the cert team. She was part of like a volunteer incident response team. I can't remember mm -hmm. one of the guests, but again, back to that volunteering in their nonprofit or the industry to get that experience. Chris, yeah. I cut you off. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Um, so you mentioned um, conferences, you mentioned um, 
building stuff on your own. You mentioned volunteering for charities. Um, what about if you're already in a role at a company? Um, have you ever worked on any cross-functional teams that had um, a security project to, to show your worth and to build up your experience that way? You know, we we do that here. I, I've never worked at another place that did this, but where, where I am now, um, we do uh, a kind of internal TDYs, right? And say, oh, I'm, I'm actually interested in what this team is doing. Um, I'm gonna go spend six weeks, half my time working with them. And it's really cool. We just I, we just had someone from, uh, from, from a different, completely different department outside of IT say, I, I wanna learn how to be a business analyst. It's like, all right, come on in. Um, so uh, um, really valuable and when, and you know, we, we got a, a cool different perspective of someone who was actually using our tools and and she got uh, a, you know kind of a bird's eye view into the, the world of, of uh, IT operations um, hopefully 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 it wouldn't scare her too much but, <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's something that I I'd never seen before but I but I'm starting to see more and more of that happening it's it's great stuff so if you're lucky enough to work in an organization definitely definitely take advantage of that have you ever in your past similar to that same theme um saw a deficiency in an organization and went out and took the initiative to uh create a proposal or create a a, a project around solving that deficiency uh to sh to show that you're interested in a certain area have have i personally or have yeah. uh um yeah, kind of all the time. I'm trying to think. Oh gosh, um, we, you know, I did a lot of modernization, right? From uh, so mm -hmm. part of in a couple of my roles involved taking what was like a legacy mainframe background and, and modernize it. And you can't do that in one shot, right? You have to you have to do that incrementally because if you look at at people who have tried to just take their old systems, throw them away and replace them with something new and shiny, they all fail. They all they all they cost ten times more than they they, they take ten times long. So um so what you get with that is you have kind of have to work in both this new world and old world. So um so I at a couple of companies ago, I think, um, uh, proposed creating some tools that that would automate a lot of the things that um, uh, um, that in a mainframe world you would have to do manually. So uh, anything that you can explain will increase efficiency with an organization and say, look, right now we do this all this manually, or we can build or buy a tool that will automate that, and we're going to speed ourselves up ten times. That, Organizations are all about efficiency, so um, so you take that to your to 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 anyone internally, and and if you can show that you're going to make people more efficient, um, that's that's going to go places. Awesome. Well, we are actually at the half an hour mark. Okay. It's super fast. Chris yeah. usually asks our final question. <laughs> so um, Chris, yes. In? So so for uh, mid career transition. In individuals, um, because I think that's where your your advice and your experience comes in the best. Um, if you had to give one piece of sage advice, what would you give them in their transition? Um, just one, huh? Executive <laughs> <laughs> um, <like> summary. <laughs> yeah, understand the problems you're trying to solve, really, um, and that that goes beyond IT. Um, you can't solve a problem if you don't understand what the problem is. So. I think that's the 
biggest one. Everything else follows that. Perfect. Well, well thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Chris. And we will see everyone next time in on the Breaking Into Cybersecurity podcast. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>